Hi, everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. All right, Lynn, this is a topic that we're going to talk about that pretty much everybody goes through at some point. But before we get to the topic, shout out to our supporter, the Thompson Group. I've been pretty happy with my insurance coverage on my daughter's show mirror. But I'm going to tell you, after speaking with the people that we've spoken to at the Thompson Group, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of pumped to change my coverage over there. Yeah, they're much more than just a commercial, personal, or life and health insurance agency. They're actually, they, and it's so fun, they call themselves rock stars of insurance. They, and they are. Yeah. I mean, they they just are very passionate about insurance and making sure that your needs match up with what's available and that you've got the right coverage. So we encourage everybody to reach out to the Thompson Group. You can find a link to their website on our Horse Industry Podcast website. Super knowledgeable, too. I mean, any question that we pose to them, they they knew. They knew immediately how to deal with it and how to answer it. So, yep, the Thompson Group. Okay, if you're in the, what a topic this is. If you're in the industry long enough, you'll have changed barns and or trainers, or you will be changing barns and or trainers. And since it's it's still the beginning of the year, actually many of these transitions may have already been made if it happened in the fall or after some of the big majors in the fall, or they're happening now, or they're going to be happening soon as the new show season kind of reboots and gets going. It's it's awful. It keeps me up at night. I mean, I have changed barns a few times, and I can honestly say that every trainer in every barn that I have left from, I still have a positive relationship with, but it's not easy. It's something that when I get to the point where I know that a transition is needed, it keeps me up at night. It worrying and wondering and mulling over the pros and the cons Yeah, and I can bring a different perspective to the conversation, too, because back in the day when Kevin was a trainer and we had clients that would leave us or maybe they were even people that we were like, "Woo, thank God they're gone. (laughs) Well, bye. Or the others that just absolutely broke your heart for different reasons when they leave. So it's such a personal (sighs) conversation. And I mean... I guess for us to to bring the conversation to light or to talk about it, I mean, we have so many friends, horse people that listen to the podcast that have been through this, that are going through this or trying to figure out how to go through this and to keep your friendships, Mm -hmm. not burn any bridges, Mm -hmm. but it's time for it. It's probably time for a change. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that everyone who goes through this, if you're not a sociopath, and by the way, I actually had to look up the word sociopath to see what the definition was because I wanted to make sure I was using it correctly. What is the definition of a sociopath? Well, in in a nutshell, a sociopath is somebody who has zero empathy or zero consideration for other people's feelings. Okay. And so it it cannot be understated how significant these relationships are in the horse industry trainer to trainer exhibitor to parent exhibitor to other exhibitors in the barn i mean these are friendships and so for someone to say that 
going from one barn to the other or one trainer to the other, it doesn't bother them. They're either lying or they're a sociopath because it is a tremendous, tremendous weight. Now, that doesn't mean that once the decision is made and you've, and you've transitioned, that there's not a sense of relief. There can be. I mean, for everybody involved, but it's still such a, it's such an emotional decision. And let's face it. Change is hard, even if you know that it change is needed for either you or your horse or or the trainer thinks that, you know, the, the customer or client needs a change. Change is hard for people. You know, we spend a lot of time with our trainers, especially when we're on the road and competing together. Trainers invest a huge amount of time into our horses. I mean, as a trainer's wife, you got attached. You absolutely get attached. And it's and it's so much different than it's not just that check they write you every month. Because trainers put in so much blood, sweat, and tears into your horse. And many of it goes unnoticed, unappreciated, unpaid for. Right. I mean, Kevin would call people time stealers mm-hmm. that like, right, you're, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're paying you to train their horse. But on the other hand, they want you in the evening. They want you on the weekends. They mm-hmm. want you on Sunday. They want you when your child has a sporting event and you want to be at that game or like, I mean, it's it is a I again, I come at it from both sides. And I always try to be super cautious of anything that we ask from our trainer when it comes to their personal time. It's tough because what we're talking about is mixing business with pleasure. And when we talk about pleasure, you know, this is many of our, this is our hobby. This is what we spend our vacation on. Nobody wants to be miserable on vacation. I mean, so many hopes and dreams are wrapped up in the relationship between the exhibitor, the client, the customer, whatever, and the trainer. I mean, that trainer holds people's destiny and buckles and everything. Right. And think about it too, Gina. Like it is our hobby and we are spending our extra income. Mm-hmm. Every last, last penny. Yes. I mean, for a lot of us, really. Yeah. And I'm going to say a majority of us that are into the horses, we don't have a huge disposable no. income. I mean, it's... We're scraping by mm-hmm. a lot of times to pay the trainer, to pay the entry fees, to show up at the shows. And we buy the used show saddles. We buy the used sh- the head stalls. We order in bulk on certain things. We partner up with people on a Schneider's order so yeah. that we're only paying. Yeah. I mean, we always, we are all strategizing to be able to do this life. And it needs to be fun. Yes. You cannot. And again, we want to be competitive, but it needs to be fun. It's not a business for us as the exhibitors. It's our hobby. Mm-hmm. It needs to be fun. And so how do you draw that line from, I am going to absolutely win the world and win the honor roll and put that pressure on your trainer and then have the tra- trainer have that pressure of keeping it to fun. And they're hu- they're human too. I mean, Kevin was a human. I mean, you're you're the wife. I mean, you guys trainers are not perfect. I mean, nobody nobody yeah. in this equation is perfect. And we do our best as clients to be good customers, be good exhibitors and parents and and supporters, but 
as we've talked about before, it's such an emotional relationship. And, you know, and these are people, like I said, that that you identify with. They're part of your identity. You have the barn colors that you're associated with, you know, the jackets. Oh, the swag. The I mean, swag. you love to have the swag that has the trainer's brand on it or the farm name. You wear that stuff with such pride. Absolutely. They're in your win pictures that you're going to have for the rest of your life. I mean, and you know, when you go to different shows that this barn or this trainer is typically down this aisle and it's a little traumatizing to make that shift that I'm no longer there and now I'm going to be here if I need to make that transition. It weighs very, very heavily. So in this discussion, we're going to assume that number one, if we're talking about when it's time to move trainers, we're going to make the assumption that the horse that we're talking about is being well cared for. I mean, obviously, if you have to move barns or whatever, because a horse is not being cared for, even as a boarding client, that's not an issue on this discussion. Um, also, we're going to make the assumption that you aren't moving trainers because you physically moved, like you went from Michigan to Florida or Texas to, you know, Vermont. So what we're really talking about is when you as an exhibitor or your child or your spouse or your friend have outgrown the trainer or that the growth, the goals have changed or vice versa, that the trainer has kind of said, hey, you know, I don't think this is a right fit for you and your horse anymore. And you've got to make that decision to go someplace else. Now, I personally love that one right there that you just said. Which one? When the trainer says, I've done as much as I can with this horse. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fit my program. Mm -hmm. You're great people. Mm -hmm. Perhaps there's someone else that can help your horse. That happened to me. I mean, that legitimately happened to me. I have so much respect for that trainer. And I'm not going to name her, although I want to. She was fantastic. She just looked at me and she said, Regina, she said, I, there's this horse and I are not getting along. I know when I am not going to get along with a horse. And it, this is now. And so you need to do something because you can leave this mare here and she's just going to sit. And she's not going to get anywhere. And I have so much respect for her because she had that frank conversation and she just wasn't in it to get another monthly check from me. Yeah. I can think of a couple examples in the cutting horse industry where one young horse hasn't fit somebody's program, but it went and fit someone else's program yeah. and has done really well. Yes. Yes. So kudos to those trainers oh. that can identify that situation and have and i think it comes right down to having frank honest mm -hmm. conversations with your clients which is so tough right and and even for owners too i mean i think that there's a lot of people that live in the middle leave in the middle of the night or you know <laughs> Everything runs out at the end of the month and they're like, hey, we're here to get our horse. Yeah, and you're like, I'm like, I just, it's those conversations. And I, I wish that we had had some of those frank conversations in the past with former clients or even with, with potential trainers is mm -hmm. just to be honest. And one thing Kevin is, is very honest. Oh, he is. I, and I'll give him that too. Like he is such a loyal guy and he's always made that really clear. And Kevin's always been really honest. And I think that probably comes from him being a trainer. I think so. And I think the days when he would grab me off my horse and throw me on the ground. Yes. 
Yes. She's not I lying. knew. I knew deep down. I'm going to tell your I'm going to tell my mom and he'd be like, "Go ahead." <laughs> tell her. <laughs> tell her. You tell her you also tell her you were ripping your horse's, horse's face, face off. off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably trainers can't do that these days. Probably not. In the fact that he was my uncle, he had way more ability I mean, to you do didn't, that. He didn't leave marks. No, I mean I didn't really break anything. I mean, <laughs> We laugh. Oh, I know. It was it was a growth period for me. Those were the best days. Oh, they were the best days. We rode for hours. And going back to what you're talking about, I mean, I was probably a time suck on him, but he didn't have a choice because I was his niece and he had to make me good. I mean, I think Kevin probably made a dollar forty six hourly on me (laughs) for all of his talent and knowledge. But again, it has that there was the passion. I mean, he, he, he loved the horse. He found the horse for me. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere deep down, he saw that I had some talent and he tolerated my personality <laughs> and dealt with it by, again, pulling me off the horse and throwing me on the ground. But that's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So going back to this, you know, what we're really talking about is when you've outgrown your trainer or your goals have changed. I mean, and it could be something so simple as, you want to go to more or less shows. I mean, maybe your trainer doesn't travel much out of the region, but you really want to go, you know, 10 states away or or the reciprocal. And so you have to make those kind of decisions about, you know, is this is this the right fit for me for what my goals are? Or perhaps as we just shared, the horse has reached its potential with the trainer. Maybe the horse is unhappy and the horse hasn't made enough progress. I mean, there's so many reasons why the relationship may need to change. And you have to decide, and I and I say this to myself time and time again. In fact, I'm saying it to myself now because Lila and I are kind of, and this is why this podcast, why this podcast episode came to fruition is that Lyle and I are kind of going through a little bit of a transition right now. We're not sure exactly what that transition is going to look like in the end, but we have some decisions that we have to make about, you know, her horse and her horse's health because we had a really tough year last year. And, you know, Lila is now a varsity volleyball player and a varsity basketball player. And what are our goals? And do our goals work with where we're at? with our plans and our Lyle's goals realistic. And so, but when it comes back to the horse, you have to ask yourself, are you choosing the right trainer for the horse or the right horse for the trainer? And that to me is the question that I ask myself all the time. And I don't know if I came up with that in my own little brain or if I heard someone say that, but I think that drives those relationships. You have to have... When you choose a trainer, they have to be passionate about your horse. And you do. You've got to make sure that you're a right fit. And that's something that Kevin and I are, we're, we're in a transition phase for Kevin right now. His, mm-hmm. his mare is, is done showing. And I'm not going to share Levi with him if I don't have to. <laughs> no. So we, we need to shop for a horse. And mm-hmm. as we look at shopping for a horse, we're really trying to take some time and think about where, what barn do we want to be a part of? What part of the country do we want to show in? Do we want a horse that needs maintenance and needs to be with a trainer? Do we want a horse that we can kind of maintain at home and get tune-ups? And so before we reach out to anyone to help us find a horse, we've got to set our own goals Mm -hmm. about what 
send it for us? What do we want to do? Because again, this is a hobby that we enjoy and it's have expensive. fun. Yeah. And it's so expensive. It's so expensive. I mean, most of the people that listen to this podcast understand the expense of horses. Okay. So, and that actually comes back to what we were just talking about with the trainer that I told you that told me that my horse was no longer going to be making progress with her because it wasn't a right fit for her and how much respect I had for her. And, but that gave me the freedom to put that horse in that horse trailer. And I went with some help. I, I asked other people, you know, gosh, what do I do? You know, I need some advice. And a dear friends of ours, actually Brent and Julie Harnish, they gave me some really important advice. And I put that mare in a barn where she ended up being so successful and it was the right fit. And I'm so thankful that I had the advice that I had because I could place that horse where she would blossom and where she did work in that particular program. And then once you're in a program, I mean, there's a chance that your horse might become too high maintenance for the trainer or the the horse. There's just so many different pieces to this puzzle. Actually, there was an article by um, SavvyHorsewoman.com that said, before you decide to change barns, you have to ask your, you have to ask yourself the following questions. Have your needs changed? If they haven't and you're happy, I mean, why would you even consider it? I, I never go into a relationship with a trainer thinking that I'm going to leave. I don't like change. I don't want to leave. I hate change. Hate I want to be friends with everyone. Everyone. I don't. Yeah. I just want to be someplace. I just want consistency, peace, tranquility, happiness. I think that's I think that's key for most of us too. Because when it becomes stressful to go to the barn Ooh. or to be at a show and to have people's nerves on edge, Gee. or then it's time to consider a change. And perhaps that's too much because we too put too much pressure on ourselves, mm-hmm. or too much pressure on the horse, or that trainer, mm-hmm. or our goals don't align. But you've got to recognize that. And for me, I mean, I, I've I've had that situation where it's like, you know what, this I'm not my best person right now. And perhaps it's personalities and I need to make a change. Yeah. So ask yourself the following questions. Have your needs changed? Have you followed the rules and held up your end of the contract? Have you paid your bills on time historically? I mean, how do, what does that relationship look like? Is your horse happy or unhappy in the current environment? Are they healthy or unhealthy? Are they sound? Are they not sound? You know, are you and the trainer in agreement with the proper preparation for that horse, what that horse needs? If you haven't simply outgrown your trainer, can you find common ground? You know, can you have those difficult conversations? Are your expectations reasonable? I mean, you may, you might want a world championship, but you're not going to get it on that particular horse. And so you need to listen to that professional and find out what you can. I mean, perhaps your, what you want to be the Western pleasure world champion is actually better off in the ranch riding. You know, there, I am a true believer that every horse can be successful in a specific role and, but it might not be what you want that role to be. And then is your gut telling you that you or your horse are going to be better off? You know, is it time? And then it brings back to communication. You have to set up a time to discuss these things with the trainer. And you need to let that trainer know how you're feeling and then hopefully come up with a plan. That's, it's just, I mean, I keep coming back to it, but that's just so tough. 
Uh, don't you just want to stick your terrible I confrontation? Terrible. You will stick your head in a rabbit hole and yep. not come out yep. until everything. You're you are terrible at, I'm at it. Terrible. I run in the other direction. I don't want to deal with it. And I would rather talk about it and have it be out in the open. Like I would rather leave with everybody understanding everything. Okay, wait. Let's back up a second. Leading up to the to the decision, I'm a jabber jaws. I'm a jabber jaws. I want to figure things out and I need all the information and I want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. But then when I've made the decision, but I have, and it could be in anything in my life, when I've made the decision and now I know I need to make a move, then I just cover my hands with my eyes on that little monkey emoji and <laughs> texting. Yes. And, and I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I just, I just, I'm going to pretend like I just want, I want to evaporate. I just want to completely, <laughs> so I know, like, everyone forget that I ever was in your life or existed. Just, I want to evaporate. I don't know that that's healthy. Whoosh. I don't know that that's healthy. Whoosh. What I love about my horse show friends is that we all come from different barns and mm-hmm. we've moved here or there. But as exhibitors, we've remained friends. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to have that as well. But it's not, it's not always easy. I mean, these are, these are really intimidating conversations to have. And it's not just, and and here's a, here's a big part of it. It's not just the conversation between, I mean, first of all, it's different when you are the exhibitor as an adult, and then you pull in your child, you know, you have to make a decision for your child as well. And so you have to have those difficult conversations with your kid, you know, this, these are my concerns. What are you thinking? Are you, ha- you know, you can, you feed off your own child and determine whether or not the goals for that kid is, are being met or their needs are being met. So then you have that conversation with your kid. Then if you're a mom, you have to have that conversation with your husband. And oh, by the way, I think that we might need to make a move. Then you have to have that conversation with a trainer. Then you have to have the conversation with your dear friends that you're in that barn with. And you worry about what are they going to think about this? Are they still going to like me? Are they still going to, you know, and there's that, there's that part that emotions are contagious and the horse show industry is full of emotion. There's that thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. It's long hours and hot days and disappointments and horse injuries and meals and going out to restaurants and shared dreams and and shared stories. And when that situation changes and you need to make a change, it's really tough to stay quiet and try not to over-explain. Like, when you make the decision that you have to go, you want to call up every person in that barn and go, oh my God, I have to tell you, but this is what's happening. And you have to try to, and I shouldn't say you have to, it's best to try to refrain from over-explaining why. To keep the personalities out of it mm-hmm. and then the accusations mm-hmm. and that, like it just wasn't a fit. Everybody is a good human. Yeah. And I think it's important to have a trusted friend or two that you can talk with about these things who know the situation, but you have to know that they're trusted and then you have to hope that they keep that information to themselves. I mean, I'm, I've been very fortunate through the years. I have some wonderful horse show friends and, but it's best to stay. I think right now a perfect example is what's going on with Prince William and Prince Harry. Oh, Ooh. I mean that if you use that analogy as a trainer or a horse barn, if the house of Windsor is a horse barn and Harry's a client 
and William's a client and here he's leaving and he took another trainer or whatever. And I mean, all Harry's doing is flapping his jaws and Prince William is staying quiet. He's staying quiet and not defending himself. Yes. For Yes. And Harry's like, blah. Evan <laughs> and Megan are <laughs> spilling the beans. And I'm going to say that if William punched Harry in the mouth, Harry had it coming. <laughs> I raised boys. Oh, okay. So once you've communicated with the trainer and you've made the decision to leave and the trainer knows, it's best just to stop communicating. Let the emotions kind of settle. Just let things kind of die down. And have you ever been asked a question and then found yourself gushing out an awkward explanation? And then literally, the more that you try to explain it, like the more stuff comes out that you didn't want to come out, it's just best to stay quiet. Don't burn the bridge. Leave yeah. a, Leave a door open so that with the next horse or the next opportunity, you can you can go back. Yeah. I mean, this habit of over-explaining ourselves can be a major problem, but everybody does it. It's really, it's part of human nature. And basically what we're doing is we're trying to justify our decisions. Or we're trying to seek confirmation that what we're doing is right. Because whenever you make that decision, it's just human nature to want to be like, yep, I made the right decision. Don't you think I made the right decision? Lynn, Lynn, did I? Did I? Did I make the right decision? Because I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to wonder. Maybe blah, 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 blah. And you just want someone that, that lives the life that you live to be like, yeah, you, it's good. You're doing, it's okay. And so there's that, that need to be like, I have to share every detail with you so that you know why I did what I did. Right. And we all make mistakes, mistakes in judgment, mm -hmm. mistakes in interpreting things, the passion of the moment mm -hmm. of disappointment. The snow, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. That you wish you could take back those words or those thoughts and really consider them before you had let them out. Yeah. And so I guess my advice would be, and I try to do this, is that once I've made a decision to make a transition, whatever that transition may be, I try to practice. I know this sounds very rehearsed, but it is. I try to practice if somebody asks me, oh my God, what happened? I have a, a response that's pleasant and truthful and fact-based, but very simple. And then that, then I just stop. And this, that's just what it is. And they're, and eventually I feel like the chatter moves to another hot topic. And that's kind of the best way to do it. So to go along with that, it's actually important to allow your time to think about your feelings. Like you said, in the heat of the moment and things get, they progress really quickly. And sometimes you don't give yourself the opportunity to really think through, to make that list of pros and cons. Should we go? If we do go, what does that mean for myself, my child, my horse? Is... Is the child's win more important than the child's relationships that he or she may have in the barn? Is trying to figure out how to make this horse sound more important than, you know, staying with somebody whose communication I'm comfortable with as far as the trainer goes? So there's all those pros and cons, and you really have to weigh that. So we could probably, and I don't want to use a negative term, beat a dead horse on this topic, but it is such an important topic and we've all been through this. And it might not be 
changing a trainer. It could be changing a veterinarian or changing a farrier or changing something. But all of those are traumatizing. All of them are traumatizing. Actually, at this point, if you can find a farrier, hold on to that yeah, person. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> well done. Vet too. Anyway. But anyway, those relationships are so important. And it is so emotional and difficult to make those transitions. I'm going to leave you with a quote from a famous Chinese philosopher that gives the advice that when you get to that decision and you have to go, trust your instincts. And here's the quote. Because one believes in oneself, one doesn't try to convince others. Because one is content with oneself, one doesn't need others' approval. Because one accepts oneself, the world accepts him or her. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.